Summer of Goto, is that a teen, like a teen romance film? Or what is Summer of Goto? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Hello. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. All right. Radio <laughs> high, high energy technology chit chat with Paul and Sarah. <laughs> Drive time. Sarah. We're here on the Stack Overflow podcast to talk about software and technology. You're back in Brooklyn. You're not in Florida. Yes, anymore. I'm back in Brooklyn, the beautiful BK. You know how we can tell you're back in Brooklyn from Florida? Everything behind you is gray and boring with no palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how I feel. Too. I'm just like, I'm. You're back in the supply I closet. I have Love so it. enjoyed. People at home can't see it. We Only I can see it and Ben, but I've so enjoyed your tropical backgrounds and they have helped me feel alive. I know. Imagine leaving them. It's it's, it's kind of sad. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Yeah. You've got to be going through it right now. Yeah, definitely. I can see your split system AC output and your fire extinguisher nozzle above you. Which is always helpful. And your tan walls and... Yeah, it looks like a mm-hmm. looks like a bike that you brought in from outside. So you know, Peloton. welcome back. <laughs> oh, you got your Peloton. Oh, nice. Yeah. So now instead of being yeah. outside in the beautiful tropics, you can be inside pretending to ride a bike, and that isn't that what it's all exactly. about? Exactly. Because Crown Heights, Brooklyn, three and a half stars needs more palm trees. So, Paul, I know you had an experience you wanted to share about kids and the oh. web. I had this weird experience the other day where my son came up to me. He's like, "Dad, why do I keep seeing ads?" For dad jokes. And I was like, where, what? He was like, yeah, you know, I'm playing Roblox. Like I'm looking around the web and it's just, it's telling me about da- like dad jokes. And I was like, I don't know. I'm really sorry. I guess uh, my cookies are now your cookies. I don't know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben, I'm retargeting your son with dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like they know that you are the only person who laughs at my jokes. I don't know why. I really, it was confusing, but when kids start to like understand that the web is not just like a static thing, but something that responds to them, how do you, you know, how do you teach them? I'll tell you that? what, like what I've noticed is with everybody doing remote schooling and children are aware of computers in a way that you would have previously really had to, it would only be the kids who are very motivated towards technology where they would get this level of innate understanding. So I'll give you an example. Neither one of my kids is actually particularly nerdy. Like they're not into computers in the same way I was, but my son discovered that there is a thing called Crosh inside of the Chromebook. That is a little command line utility. Apparently it's written in Rust. This is where Ooh. I came in. Uh, that gives you access to command line access inside of your Chromebook. And it's very limited in what it lets you do, but it is absolutely a a shell, right? And so I saw him poking around and what he's trying to do is figure out how he can hack through the blocks we've put in on YouTube. Yeah, because we've blocked it using Family Link at the Chromebook level. Then we've blocked the YouTube Kids app. Then I've also blocked all YouTube URLs with a Raspberry Pi pie hole at the router level. And then sometimes I'll even do it at the router level. So we had some issues and we've worked them through together. (laughs) But you know what else has happened? And, And this is both son and daughter they get on on chat and they do the regular stuff. They play a little bit of Minecraft. They've got Chromebooks. They're not the fastest computers, whatever. They're pretty locked down. Uh, but they learned about inspect the element and they learned that they could change the headlines on newspapers by going in and messing with the document object model. Oh, that's great. And so they really do like that was cool. And they came and we did, we did a session where I changed like, you know, I changed the New York times headline probably about immigration or at that time, Donald Trump to, you know, my daughter, 
needs to take a shower, you know, things like that. Really good stuff. Kids love <laughs> inspecting the element, it turns out. They want to know how it all works. <laughs> and they don't see it as overwhelming and confusing, kind of because the whole world is overwhelming and confusing. They're like, oh, yeah, here's another yeah. baffling thing that's enormous that I don't really understand. Fine. Like, they're kids. Right. The last bit is that just this weekend, my son came in and was like, wanted to inspect the element and i was like let's poke around for a minute and we found you can make tree maps in firefox of memory usage on your javascript Mm. apps and that turned out to be super motivating to a nine-year-old to see which it's always what's big and what's little so it's like which website uses the most memory Mm. i'm gonna tell you i never felt more aligned with my son (laughs) in Because we went, we hit the New York Times. There's this um, website called restofworld.org. We've had the, uh, mm, the yeah. publisher on the site. So they actually, when they built Big that time. site, they built it for an international audience. So it's incredibly tight. Like it's a really clean ad-free experience. And so that one is, it is, it's like, it's like a 10th of the memory usage of others. And then I was like, all right, what's going to really ramp this up? An emulated Macintosh on the internet archive got me to like 160 megs of memory. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Right. And then draws you a little map. What you see is that document object model. Oh, boy. That, that, that thing takes yeah. a lot of time. So, like, when we were, well, when we were young, when we were young. We were. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> we were you still have a minute, like Sarah. The, it's done for me. But, yeah. The <laughs> antisocial, like, the quiet kid in the corner was the computer kid, mm-hmm. right? Like, the computer kid, like, the kid, the antisocial, you know, I have, I have not a lot of. I don't have a big social imprint is the computer kid, which I think probably uh, likely we were. Well, it wasn't social in any way. Like you, even in your best friend, you wouldn't take them aside and be like you would once. Maybe you'd be like, hey, check this out. You can you can program a computer and they'd be like, eh, right? Like it just wasn't their yeah. thing, even if they were nerdy about their own stuff. <laughs> but yeah, this is like yeah. the raw material of their lives. Yeah. So what is that? What is that kid doing now? I don't think, I think the internet has has changed the social isolation aspect of weird hobbies. Like, I, like you know, there are, you know, 11 year old cryptocurrency traders. And if you're into trains or, and sometimes this is to our disbenefit, like people get really into, yeah. I don't know, some TV show. And then you're just like, that owns the discourse. And they're like, how can you not care? Right. Like, I feel like the, the sort of barrier between like, I'm into computers and I use them every day has completely broken down. Like my kids often plan a play date for after school in Roblox or Minecraft. And so they're like, I'm going to hang out with you on FaceTime and in this virtual world. And they're already bothering me all the time. Like, when are we going to build our game? Like, they're like super into the idea of making their own. And I think in Roblox, you know, it starts out as just like drag and drop. But like, yeah, I do think a lot of that sort of like computer is something you do in isolation is is, going to go away. Also, programming is just an incredibly normal career. Like half of, you know, everybody knows someone who works in technology, and so like right. it doesn't register. I don't know what true nerdiness is anymore. I, I, I don't think it exists in the same because it was so associated with like math, science and tech that, you know, and I don't feel that it's quite the same. Like it just doesn't like when you look at the patterns emerging and part of it, too, like we're in a big I'm in New York City, right? And so, like, if a kid is good at math and science, they can find other kids in the 1,400-person middle school or high school and, and kind of make their little community and stay away from the other kids. So I, I think it's yeah. there's a little more live and let live where if you're in a, a mid-sized high school in a suburban area, I'm sure someone is still throwing cardboard-flavored pizza at your head if you're uncool. <laughs> yes. 
you can't get rid of <laughs> the pizza stays the same. Yeah, savage middle school dynamics are, are still there, right? Yeah, this weekend I was on a panel for a uh, organization called Code Art that is for teen girls that are looking to pursue computer science as a career or just the sciences in general. And I was so surprised. So these are girls from ninth grade to 12th grade. All the questions that I got or like that the panel got were questions that I'm used to hearing from the adult audience, Mm -hmm. right? Of like, how do I find my mentor? You know, like, what is your day to day like? What part of this career should I prioritize? It was just fascinating. I was like, we are, here comes the army of programmers that are unstoppable. Right. And I saw we had talked about this before, but certificates and like this idea of being like certified for a certain job has grown even since that episode where we talked about it. Now, these Google certificates are being advertised by them in a very prominent way, like right up on the web, you know, right up on the search bar and everything. And it's like, hey, you want to get into technology? We've got like 10 easy on I, I for think you. that like that you is a, that is really wild to me because it used to be like you kind of had to pick your team. I'm a Perl web programmer or I'm into, you know, I'm, I, I work with Microsoft. And now it's like click these buttons and start your certification process towards cloud technologies, which kind of all overlap <laughs> and, and, and just like if I was you know, 19 getting my English degree again, I used to, my work study was at the computer lab and I would, I I was into Macs. And so I always kept a balance between the writing and the tech side because I I felt that I always needed the tech just to kind of have a job. Like I just, I could tell that was good. But I think that that's like almost going to be default, right? Like everybody's going to be pretty good. And then some people are going to be really good. I'm going to imagine that everyone coming up today who goes and gets a a white collar job is going to be able to use, let's say, Airtable, right? Like they're going to have like a little bit of data modeling. They're going to be comfortable, Mm. you know, spreadsheets are going to be familiar to them. They're going to have used Google Docs in middle school. My kids use Google Docs now and they're in, you know, they're in a a Brooklyn public school. Yeah. I mean, I think there's other careers where this has happened. Like everybody is a video editor now. Like you used to be an AV club and you could do these nerdy things. And like if somebody needed it, now it's like, if you've had TikTok for 10 minutes, like, you know how to cut up a video and splice it and add some audio and loop it. And like, you just know how to do this. This is things. somebody online. I can't remember who it was, but it was, they, they just pointed out, like, everybody's like, what is TikTok secret? It's a really good editing tool. And teens like to make things. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to make things that are better than the other teens. Right. And they'll put the, they'll put the time in. So instead it's like, and everyone else is like, well, you know, we have this platform over here. No, it's like tools and the social network. Like You need those two things. I had a question. We had talked about go to on an episode a while back when we were talking about NASA's rules for like safe code in space. And then, you know, it comes up in an email. Somebody emailed the podcast and asked us to, to discuss it. And then I was listening to the co-recursive show. It was about somebody who has uh, built up a pretty good following doing live coding on Twitch, teaching about games. And this person was making the argument that it gets a really bad rap and it's actually really good for explaining programming at a fundamental level because... And I think we've talked about this before. It's like, it's about like what actually happens in the memory or in the hardware. Like you want to tell the computer to go from one place to another to make a jump. And that like helps you to sort of understand that or what the instructions mean at the machine level. Does that sound right? Did I get any of that right? No, you got that right. Yeah. It's the coda of programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, when you get down to assembly language programming, it, it kind of is all it's you label things and then you say jump back to that thing. And then mm-hmm. you've got go to's all over the place. The go to considered harmful article, I can't remember which year it came out, but it was written as a memo by uh, Ezra Dykstra, who is a kind of a legendary curmudgeonly computer genius. And uh, 
<laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah, no, he was extras. He, he used to write these memos, and often handwritten, and send them out, and just had very, very strong opinions. The argument being, and this, this just feels almost like ancient history at this point, but, you know, as we're getting away from assembly, which is I'm going to put commands in the memory of the computer, and then I'm going to label them, and then I'm going to say, if I hit a certain situation, go and evaluate that sequence of operations. That was very close to the the metal, and his argument was like, no, structured programming will, will keep you away from this sort of loopy spaghetti as things scale up. And it's if you're counting from one to a million and printing out the numbers, or you have like, you know, you're moving one pixel around the screen, go to is not your problem. It's if you are doing a banking system and there are thousands of functions, suddenly you're in a world where you're not clear what's pointing to anything else at any given time. And so you want to encapsulate things into functions and have them point from one to the other and just kind of have order. Like computers are chaos. Like they're just, it's just chaos in there because it's all sequential. It doesn't actually work like brains do. And the argument was, can we get one level up and actually start to talk about what we want the machine to do instead of dealing with its little memory chip all the time? So absolutely learn because it is how it works, right? But I'm not, yeah. I'm not suddenly going to be dropping go-tos into my Python. Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Why Why do you think the go-tos haven't made it in these uh, other languages? Do you think it's... They're always in there if you look. They're always like Python. Like everybody... Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to bet. Let's see. JavaScript go-to. It's probably an NPM module. How can I use... Oh, what a surprise. It's a Stack Overflow question. Oh, wow. People have basically... Okay. There's a project called Summer of Go-to, and there is a go-to.js which lets you no. jump on labels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean it's advisable. Like there, there's like a pacman.js, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. oh, this is Alex Sexton. He has a webpage called Summer of GoTo. And if you click on it, it's just another WordPress site. So I don't know if... You know what Ben may not know is about Summer of Code. Yeah. Summer of Code is a program by Google. It's been around, it's been so around for a long, it's like 16 years old now. Yeah, for uh, internships where you can teens can intern for a summer. Got it, got it. Yeah, it's like the in the summers, right? Like Google sponsoring and it's it's they sponsor open source projects and you, you know you apply. So it's like it's actually been one of their real ways to build big open lines between open source and uh, and Google. And they sponsor people working on the projects. It's not like you're working for Google, you're working on, you know, Project X. Summer of GoTo is is a little bit of a joke. Yes, because apparently it came of PHP adding GoTo. Uh, I mean, we're all just standing on the shoulders of giants here. I don't know. I don't know. If, some, if people want to go to in their programming, let's not fight. Let's just get along. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of useful at the very beginning as a way to help people conceptualize what's happening. And then along the way, it becomes something that can, you can trip you up. But I guess, right, what was being argued in this podcast was that like, People don't want to teach those anymore because we know once you get to a certain level that it's going to trip you up. But if but skipping over it makes it harder at the fundamental level to understand certain things. It makes it harder for beginners. Like it's a great concept for beginners. No, that's true. It's worth learning. I'm going to find, um, and then we should share it in the show notes. So there is a whole world of emulators for computers that run inside of the browser mm-hmm. and where you can like write some assembly and and see how it works. And it just it's a good way to see just what a bananas thing 
your computer actually is. Um, <laughs> I need to find one. There's one that's so simple. It has like, you know, 2K of memory, which is really all you want. It's a good way to see just like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, whew, I never want to deal with that. That's terrible. Yeah. And who builds those? Maybe that's what the kids are doing. You, yeah. Maybe that's what the kids are up to, the ones that are antisocial. They're building those computers that live in emulators. You know, if you were to say where kids who weren't knocking and out of the park socially were going, emulating old systems might be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, Sarah, I think you might have you might have zoomed in on it. It builds character. That's what we need. We need kids with character out there. I had a question, which is that I started working in Glitch to build my dog park app, and I got pretty far. And uh, it gives you a little database to work with automatically, which mm -hmm. is nice. Cool. But then I we had that lovely woman on who, who had built the MA COVID Vax, and she was talking about how she did it with no database. Do you think I should go that route? Do you think that that's like a better way to do it when you're just building a simple web app? Should I forget about learning that database side of things? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You should just serialize okay. your Great. JSON somewhere. Yeah, you don't need okay. too much. Yeah. Unless you're okay, trying right. to sell the data. To big corpse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so part of it. Yeah. Chewy and I have a deal. Data. Yeah. I'm going to sell <laughs> everyone who, who uh, signs up to go to the dog park unknowingly consents to me selling all of their personal information to Chewy. Including the dogs. I feel bad for them. Mostly the dogs. I become their agent. Like if they ever get a contract <laughs> to do any commercial work, I get. Yeah, that's your paw print right there, Rex. <laughs> but it did also introduce me to like scope creep a little bit, which mm -hmm. is like, Immediately, I was like, okay, maybe I should have a drop down that, you know, lists the hours. And I was like, but what if you want to go the next day? And then I was like, wait, what if I put on a, a module so people could see what the weather was going to be? There you I was just go. Like, oh, no. Now, Here it yeah. comes. So this is how it happens. And then you're like, well, this could connect. What if I can help people adopt? Yeah. <laughs> what if I pulled in tweets about dog park? <laughs> what you need to do with any, any yeah. concept for a startup or a website or whatever is allow your brain to wander until the point that you have directly destroyed Google with the power of your mm. platform. Like, oh, well, by by <laughs> aggregating dogs, which is an enormous, you know, $2 trillion market, I will be able to blah, blah, blah. And then you'll know that you've kind of gone all the way to the end of your, like, because okay. there's a narcissistic explosion right. that happens with every project. You're like, yeah. well, right. clearly, I'm sure you had it with, with Toolbots. So you're like, well, this will be the next yeah. Microsoft. <laughs> Right, like yeah, can we call that the Ford principle? <laughs> like every startup will, at some point, try to overtake Google, or right. imagine it could overtake. You Google. just tell yourself that story, and then you tell it to other people. I've heard. I remember. I, you know, I talked to somebody who had like a little art program, and they were like, "Well, you know, eventually, this will be how everyone will communicate and search." And it was like, N -n 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 <laughs> right, because you just. <laughs> You know, you just, you see all that power and you're like, well, why, why not me? And that's just normal. I've done this like 20 times. I'm like, well, clearly if we just, you know, organize a notebook this way, we'll, we'll be able to take over the world. And uh, so, yeah, okay, work that through, figure out how your dog park, you know, I, see, that's the thing. I don't, I don't, don't worry about scope creep. Everybody does it. Just take it to its absolute logical conclusion, which is that your dog park scheduling app is the only thing that can prevent nuclear war and, and save the world. And then once, yeah. Yeah. Okay, once you've it. allowed it to get there, then you go, okay, what is this thing? What's it really? It's for people who want to take dogs to the park. I'm only halfway through my uh, my presentation on the SPAC about the total addressable market. So I think maybe now I'm still, I could still rein it in from here. I had the most fascinating meeting yesterday 
because I'm hacking on something with like three other people. And I remember a world where like super early into my career, doing hackathons and like hacking on projects and getting together with people, we'd all get really hyped. And we all like hype each other up and talk about where we're going to build and, you know, like dream of the future and all these things. And most of the people that I'm working with on this have lots of experience. So we all just kind of got on a Google Hangout. We're like, uh-huh, okay, what is the what is the least difficult version of this? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to do XYZ by next week. Okay, okay, all right, let's do it. Okay, goodbye. And I'm yeah. like, there is no fun. No, there is it's no horrible. Fun. We all know what we're getting into. If you let even a little bit of that excitement out, it just runs wild. Don't let it out. Well, this is the thing, <laughs> right? Tamp it You're down. Going, as you get further and further, you realize... And it, it's a horrible lesson because basically you've spent all this time looking at people with power and authority going, man, if I had that power and authority, I would do really, I'd do something good for the world. <laughs> and then you get on the other side and you're like, I have both. Turns out you're just tired. Yeah, it's basically like I have responsibility, but much less power than I ever assumed. <laughs> so could I make things incrementally better while disappointing everyone in my life? I hope so. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's why I'm no going to, Oh, are you kidding? I'm going to retire and contribute documentation to open source projects. That is going to be my sixties. Just give me 15, you know, no 15 years. And, uh, I, was, I just got hopeful. I was like, could it be 20? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'm just going to be like, Hey, I could help you with this documentation. And a 25 year old will be like, get out old man. You squandered your chance. <laughs> they were like, what's documentation? Yeah, I don't need that. I, right. The code documents itself, and it should be visual anyway. I have two wonderful Stack Exchange questions that I would enjoy asking this group. Let's talk about them. Okay, so the first one is, is Sesame Street canonical to The Muppet Show? <laughs> Fascinating. That's a really good question. It's a trick question, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just skip ahead to the answer. The Muppets don't have a canon. Wait, what? Yeah, the Muppets aren't, there's no canon. It's not Star Wars. It's a bunch of Muppets. No, but You're I mean, like, there, there is. Like 50 spinoff novels? But, like, they have relationships, like, established relationships yeah, and backstories. Yeah, it's a chorus, but that's the, that's different from, like, Muppets, Dark dark Moonlight, The Awakening, where, they, you know, they, like Star Wars or Harry Potter, where, you know, a wizard attended Hogwarts in 1935 and then got to know FDR and started World War II. Like, we don't have that. So bad news. And then uh, the, the second answer is, in a word, yes. Okay. So, well, so we have two answers. Once the, the non-canonical is 47 and the canonical is, is 25 uh, upvotes. So it's a tricky one there, right? Because it's now we're in a position where, like, can the, the Democratic Q&A style of Stack Exchange actually determine the answer to this question? Yeah. So there's no accepted answer yet. There's still time mm. to change there's the still future. Time. So that, but that is a good one. I, I, that is actually a good, like when we are allowed to go out and hang out again, that is a great mm -hmm. argument topic. Yes. I'm going to remember it. It really is. Because then it's like, yeah. you know, and it's also like Sam the Eagle. Like there's a lot of Muppets where I'm like, is that canon? I don't know. Okay. And here's the other one. Sarah, this is for you. What were paper airplanes called before airplanes? Ooh. What on earth? Did they exist? Yes. Did they exist? Yes. Wow. What were they? Is, the, is there an answer? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Paper birds? Paper dart or paper arrow? Or ein Verbfiel wow. in German. That is so cool. That's a good one. And there's some... Who knew? Yeah, there's some nice old... Uh, there's some scans of paper dart 
folding patterns from back in the day. But did they look different? Like were they mm, did, really similar. pretty did similar? They, yeah. yeah. Of course, a piece of paper cost $26. So it really wasn't for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was something you asked for for That's Christmas. <laughs> one one paper airplane. These facts will be great for yes when we go out in the world and be social again. Uh, These are my two facts I'm going to carry with this me. This is true. The pandemic has destroyed fun facts. It has. It has. Yeah, this is the last 10 minutes and then we got nothing again. That's right. That's right. All right. After several weeks, we had a little bit of a dry spell. Uh, we do have a lifeboat today. So Amazing. I want to shout out Mr. Inomech. Thank you, Mr. Inomek. What is a less file? If you've always wondered, now you can know. This is a great question. What is a less file? Asked three years All ago. Right. I wow. started working and- recently on a ReactJS library. Good job. And the entire code base that I worked upon, I see dot less. All right. Mm. Thanks for the lifeboats. Thanks for sharing some knowledge and helping folks out. All right, everybody. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us, podcast at stackoverflow.com. You might get in the show like you did today with the go-to. And if you enjoy the show, yeah, go on to your platform of choice. Leave us a rating and a review. It does help. Three, four, five stars. Great. I'm Sarah Chips, Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. And you can find me at sarahjoe.eth. And I am Paul Ford, friend of Stack Overflow. Check out my company, Postlight. That's all I ask.